Well, good morning. I'm told there's a uh, tree and electrical line down over the road. So Eric was reminding me, now if somebody comes in late, don't stare daggers at them. It's because they couldn't help it. <laughs> if you would, open your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 1. I have been uh, anxiously looking forward to teaching this lesson uh, all week. So I pray now that we've got here that the Lord will bless it. Let's bow before him. Our Father, how we thank you for this morning that you've given us to meet together with your people and to worship your matchless name. Father, what a, a great blessing. How we thank you. Father, I pray that you would send your spirit upon us this morning, enable us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Enable us to forget about the temporary goings-on of, of this life. Enable us to forget about ourselves and look out of ourselves and look to Christ our Savior. Let our hope and trust and faith be found in him and him alone. Let his name be glorified in everything that we say and do here this morning. Father, what I pray for our class here this morning, I especially pray for our children's classes. Father, you be pleased to use this time to plant the seeds of faith in their hearts. Father, enable our teachers to rightly divide the word of truth and point them to Christ and make them like Timothy of old, that from a child, that they've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make them wise unto salvation how we beg mercy for their souls. Now, Father, again, in this hour, I beg of you that you'd show us your glory. For it's in Christ's name, for his sake, and his sake alone we pray. Amen. Now, I've titled our lesson this morning, Lord, if you will, you can. Now, there is a poor leper who's on death's doorstep, and he came to the Lord. And he made an all-important statement when he came to the Lord. Lord, if you will, if you will, you can make me whole. The Lord can do whatever it is he wills to do. Look here at verse 40 of Mark chapter 1. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. I will... Confess to you, I have a lot of favorite stories in the scripture, but this certainly is one of them. What we read about here is a needy sinner coming to the Savior. He came in contact with the sovereign Savior. And I love this story because it gives a good hope to this poor needy sinner. I hope it will you too. Now there are several good lessons here. There are pictures of a sinner coming to Christ for mercy. And salvation. And this account of how the, the Savior dealt with this poor sinner, this helpless, sick, dying sinner, should make every guilty sinner have a good reason to run to Christ. Number one, this man was a leper. Now throughout scripture, leprosy is given to us as a picture of sin. Leprosy is to the body what sin is to our souls. You know, leprosy was a particular mark of God's wrath. Remember King Uzziah, he went in one day to offer 
burn incense without the priest. He was going to offer it himself. And what did God do to him? He struck him down with leprosy. He went to God without a high priest. That was a particular mark of God's wrath. Well, you and I have sinned against God. And we're under God's wrath because of our sin. Leprosy has no human cure. At least it didn't at that time. I think there's treatments for it today. But this time, leprosy had no human cure. As a matter of fact, the law made it unlawful for you to try to cure your own leprosy. Well, sin has no human cure, does it? And the gospel of Christ, the gospel of God's grace, actually makes it unlawful for us to try to cure our own sin, to try to put our own sin away, doesn't it? Only God can forgive sin. Only God can heal the sin-sick soul. And third, we think of leprosy as a disease of the skin, but leprosy is not a disease of the skin. Leprosy rots the body from the inside out. Leprosy attacks the, the bone and the, and the flesh and the organs, the eyes, the, the ears, the, the fingernails, the, the toenails. It just rots the flesh away till the, all the extremities fall off. And we think of it as a disease of the skin because that's what we see it attacking is the skin and the, the flesh. Well, sin is not a disease that's outward. Sin is who we are. Sin's in the blood. Sin's in, in that the nature that we receive from our father Adam. Sin rots us and kills us from the inside out. And it affects our whole being. It affects our, our senses, our heart, our nature. It affects our understanding. It destroys everything. Fourth, a leper was cut off from society. He was cut off from everything holy. He was not allowed to go to the temple. He wasn't allowed to go where, where people gathered together to worship God. Well, that's our sin, isn't it? It's our sin that separated us from our God. Our sin is what made us unfit to be in his holy presence. That's why we're cast out of the garden in Adam. We couldn't be in God's presence anymore because of our sin. The people that lived in this day, fifthly, called leprosy the living death. Someone could live with leprosy for a while, but you, this is what you know. That's a dead man walking. He's going to die soon. That's what sin is to us. It's the living death. Now we're all alive physically, aren't we? But we're born with a dead sin nature that soon is going to kill these bodies. Where there's sin, there must be death. So we have to cry out, who shall deliver me from the body of this spiritual leprosy? Who shall deliver me from this body of sin? The sixth, the Jews did not consider leprosy to be a sickness at all. They consider it to be an uncleanness. Uncleanness. Well, that's sin. Sin's not a sickness that we can overcome. You can't take a, a pill or a shot or something you know, to, to get rid of this thing. Sin is an uncleanness. It's a defilement of our soul. And that sin, not only does it have to be paid for, not only does it have to be forgiven, it has to be cleansed. It has to be cleansed away before God could ever accept us into his presence. This seventh, a leper, was not sent to the doctor. You know, someone came up, they had started having these spots on their, on their skin, and, you know, they think, that could be leprosy. They didn't send them to the doctor because the doctor can't do anything for them. They sent them to the priest. But, you know, that priest who was the, the one who observed the law and all the ceremonies, and all, the priest couldn't do anything for him either. All the priest could do is say, you're clean or you're unclean. 
That's all he could say. Well, sinners, if they would be cleansed, if they would be made whole, you, you better not send them to religion. You better not send them to the law. You better not send them to their works of their morality because those things can't do anything for us. The only place for us to go is to Christ. because He's the only hope that we have. Eighth, we can hope to escape being a leper today. I, I bet you not one person today has worried about getting leprosy, have you? Not one, not one of us have. But sin, nobody can escape that. No one is exempt from Adam's sinful nature. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then last, lepers went around. They had to cry unclean. Unclean, so nobody came to them, close, close enough to them so they could infect them with their disease. Well, you and I can cry unclean, unclean all we want. And we are, but we wouldn't be lying, would we, to cry unclean. But you know what? If you have children, it's already too late. You've already infected them with your nature, the nature of their father. Our children are in the same boat we're in. Our only hope is Christ. Our only hope is Christ. And in our three children's classes going on this morning, that's what our teachers are trying to drive home to them every week. Our only hope is Christ. This man was a leper. In Luke's account of this story, Luke says this man was full of leprosy. There wasn't a healthy spot of skin you could find anywhere on his body. He's full of leprosy. Now that's both awful and very important. You see, in order for a leper to be pronounced clean, he first had to be full of leprosy. If he had just one healthy spot anywhere on his body, one healthy spot of skin, and then the rest of the, the leprosy went away, he could not be pronounced clean. He could not be pronounced clean until he had been full of leprosy. Not a healthy spot anywhere on it. Now I'll show you why that is. Remember, leprosy is a picture of sin. We're all full of sin. And we have to see ourselves as full of sin, completely covered with sin. From the sole of our foot to the top of our head, there's no sound to sin. There's nothing but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. We have to be, see ourselves as full of sin. Because if we think there's one spiritually healthy spot left in our bodies, will never be made clean. Because if there's one healthy, spiritually healthy spot in us, you know what we'll do? We'll say, I had something to do with that. I was as bad as old Joe. You know, I, he was full of adversity, but not me. I'll take some credit, some glory, if I wasn't totally, completely filled with sin. Salvation is not by works of righteousness that we've done, but it's according to God's mercy. And the only people God has mercy on are sinners who are completely covered with sin. Because salvation has to be all Christ. It has to be all grace. It has to be all mercy. It has to be all the righteousness of Christ. It has to be all his blood. It has to be all by faith and none by works. That's the sinner's only hope. That's this man. He had no hope. That's why he came to Christ. 
Well, number two, this man, this leper who had no hope, he came, Mark says, beseeching the Lord. He came begging the Lord to heal him. Now, I'll tell you why he came begging. It's because he, he had no other option. There's no other option for this man. He's powerless to help himself. Everybody else is powerless to help him. The only hope he had is that Christ would heal him. And that's why he came begging. Now, if the Lord ever saves you, if he ever saves me, I'll tell you what he's going to do first. He's going to make him beg us for, he's going to make us beg him for mercy first. Now, this begging, it's not bargaining with God. Now, now God, you know, if you'll do this, I'll do this. Now, we're on a bargain. We're going to beg for mercy. We're going to beg for forgiveness that we cannot earn. Now, here's something encouraging. This man came begging. Here's something encouraging that would encourage a guilty sinner to come beg the Lord to save me. The Lord healed others, didn't he? Maybe he'll me too. The Lord saved others. Maybe he healed me too. The Lord forgave the sin of others. The Lord had mercy on others. Maybe he will me too. Look back at 30, or verse 34 of chapter Mark 1. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. The Lord healed so many others and this leper thought, Maybe he'll heal me too. Maybe he will. I'm going to come begging to do it. Now Mark says this leper begged the Lord. Matthew says this leper came and kneeled before the Lord and worshipped him. Worshipped him. But you know, Mark and Matthew are both saying the same thing. Do you know begging the Lord for mercy? Just bowing at his feet and begging him for mercy. Do you know that's worship? That's the only place we can worship the Savior is at his feet. You see, me begging God for mercy, that puts me in my right place, doesn't it? If I'm begging God for mercy, I'm admitting I've got no hope for myself. I've got no way to help myself. I, I, I have no other, no other place to look but to you. I, I, I'm in my right place at the, in the dust at the feet of the Master. And me begging God recognizes him for who he is. He's the sovereign. He's the one I've sinned against. He's the only one that can forgive me. He's the only one that's got blood to cleanse me. He's the only one that's got the right to forgive me. He's the only one. And he's sovereign over me. That's why I've got to beg. I can't bargain with him. I can't give him something he wants you know, in exchange for him forgiving me. He's sovereign over me. And whatever he does with me is right. Whatever. Now, I'm going to beg him. And if he saves me, he'll be right to do it. He's going to make it right for him to save me and have mercy on me. And if he damns me, he'll be right to do it. And I can't argue against it. He's sovereign over me. I'm in his hand to do with as he pleases. That's why I'm at his feet. That's worship. That's what worship is. Worship is not worshiping and praising God because of what he's done for me. Worship is me taking my proper place before God. Him on the throne, me in the dust. That's worship. That's worship. See, this leper didn't worship the Lord because the Lord already healed him, did he? He didn't come to the Lord, the Lord healed him, and then he worshiped the Lord. No, he came and worshiped the Lord. Then the Lord healed him. He wasn't worshiping the Lord because of what the Lord had done for him. 
He worshiped the Lord because of who God is. Who God is and who he is. That's why he's at his feet begging for mercy. Admitting who I am. And humbly begging God to forgive me. Humbly begging God for mercy. That's at the very heart of true worship. And I'm sure of this too. You know why this leper came to the Lord? I'm just sure of this. The Lord had said, he told his, those disciples, those first four disciples, he called, he said, now let's go to the next towns so that I can preach because that's why I've been sitting here doing, I, I'm going to go preach. I'd bet anything this leper snuck close enough to hear the Lord preach. And that's what drew him to come to him begging for mercy. I'm just sure of it. If hearing the master preach grace, not law, if you can hear that, That'll draw you to come begging for mercy, wouldn't it? All right, here's the third thing. This leper knew something. He knew that mercy had to be sovereign mercy. Now, here's what we've established so far. Man is sinful. He's completely filled with sin. He's hopeless because of his sin. God is holy. He can't look on sin. God is sovereign. He can do as he will. He always does his will. God is merciful, isn't he? But God is also just. Everything God does has to be right. Has to be right. I'll tell you what that means. Salvation is God's choice, not mine. That's what that means. I can't decide to let God forgive my sin. I got to beg him to forgive my sin. Forgiveness. That's God's to give or God's to withhold. He's the one we've sinned against. You know, I don't decide to let God save me. If God ever saves me and tell you how he's going to do it, he's going to do it against my will with my full consent. That's exactly how he's going to do it. If God saved you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He saved me against my will with my full consent. Worship. That's admitting God's crown rights to do with me as he pleases. Whatever he, he does is right. And if he shows me mercy, I can't brag about it. And if he doesn't show me mercy, I can't complain about it. True worship is saying, Lord, if you will. See, there's no doubt about the Lord's ability to save, is there? None whatsoever. Salvation is a question of God's willingness. It's his willingness. It's not a question of his power. It's a question of his willingness to show mercy to me. Salvation is not a question of my willingness to accept Jesus. That's why there's not going to be anybody ever staying here begging you to accept Jesus. Because that's, that's not the question. The question is, is God willing to accept me in Christ? Now that, that's the question. Now that's the truth of all scripture. And every page of this book, this is what this book says. Salvation is by the will and purpose of God. And it's all in Christ Jesus. That's the message of this book. Now what happens when a guilty sinner meets the sovereign Savior? What happens? What happened right here? Begging and worship. That's what will happen every single time a guilty sinner meets the sovereign Savior. All right now. Hang on to your seats. This is so good. The character of the Sovereign Savior. 
Now, we've established this, haven't we? God can do with me as he will. He can save me or he can damn me. He's right either way. Now, we've established that. And you think about somebody with that power, with that authority. Here's his personality, verse 41. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. Now this is Christ the Savior. This is the Son of God, who's so far above us. Human language can't draw a comparison to how far above us God is. I heard my dad say one time, if you compare a maggot to a full-grown man and try to say that, that that's the difference between sinful man and God, my dad said, he said, that'd be an insult to maggots everywhere. I mean, the difference between a maggot and you is, is nothing compared to the difference between you and me and God. Absolutely nothing. This one who's so far above us, who is in need of nothing, was moved with compassion for a poor, dying leper. Do you think about this fellow? He'd been an outcast from, from society for years, probably. Hadn't taken a bath in years, more than likely. I mean, you know, you start, if you're a leper, you start taking a bath, stuff starts falling off. I mean, you know, you probably, he probably hadn't bathed. This man smelled of disease and death. And the Savior felt compassion in his heart for the suffering of this poor man. And you know, the Savior, feels that same compassion for every guilty sinner who comes to him begging for mercy. They're suffering in their sin. They're, they're full of fear and shame and doubt. And he has compassion in his heart, the emotion of compassion for that poor sinner. Now I'm telling you, if that doesn't move your heart to want to run to Christ to beg for mercy, I don't know what will. The second thing I see about the character of the Savior here is union with his people. You notice the Savior didn't just speak and say, I will, be thou clean. He reached out his hand and he touched that leper. Now remember, this leper's full of leprosy. He's full. There wasn't a spot the Savior could touch him that was healthy skin. He put his hand and his whole hand touched leprosy. Dry, fevered, cracked skin. He touched that leper. You know what? I, I don't read this, but I'm knowing human nature, I'm 100% sure this is true. Other lepers went and touched this leper. It's just too gross. I mean, if there's a leper that had some, some leper spots and some healthy spots, he ain't touching that guy. I mean, that's too gross. I'm better than you. The God of heaven and earth in human flesh reached out and touched that man. It was a touch of compassion. Can you imagine what that felt like to that poor man? But here's another thing. The law forbid the Savior 
to reach and touch that man. If he did, he'd become unclean too. But that's how the Lord saves His people. He touches them. He has union with them. So He he touches them. He takes their disease. He takes their sin away from them and takes it into His own body on the tree. So He can put it away by the sacrifice of Himself. You won't find anybody else willing to do that for you. Except the Son of God who came in human flesh. Now, if that doesn't make you want to run to Christ and beg for mercy, I don't know what will. Well, here's the third thing about the character of the Savior. It's His power. Now, I love what the leper said. Lord, if you will, if you will, you can make me clean. I don't know if you'll have mercy on me, but I know you can. I know you have the power. I know you have the power. And then he didn't say one other thing, did he? He just stayed at the Savior's feet, submitting to whatever the will of the Lord was. If we would be saved, I'm telling you, we must come to the sovereign Savior, the one who does not have to have mercy on me. He'll have mercy on whom he will have mercy. The Savior felt compassion for this man. What did he say? I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. On whom I will. Here's what I know. God's going to have mercy on somebody. Maybe it'll be me. I'm going to go ask him, if you will. I'm going to go beg him to give it to me. He doesn't owe me anything but wrath, but he's going to have mercy on somebody. Maybe he'll be merciful to me. I don't know if he will, but I do know this. He can, if he will. He's got the power to do it. See, there can't be any question about the power of Christ to put away my sin. There can't be any question about it power in the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from what? All sin. There's no sin so great the blood of Christ can't cleanse it away. So there's no question about his power to save. (laughs) Lord, I don't know if you will, but I know you can. And I'm going to beg him for it. I tell you this, if I'm going to perish, I can tell you where I'm going to perish, at the feet of Christ. Begging him for mercy, Because there is no hope anywhere else. Now I love what this leper said. Lord, if you will. But I tell you what I love even more. I love the Savior's answer even more, don't you? I will. I will. Be thou clean. And he touched that leper and made that statement. And immediately, that leper was made whole. It didn't take, you know... Two weeks to, 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 for it to start clearing up and, you know, uh, uh, taking a bunch of pills and a, and a bunch of horrible side effects, you know, to make your, the, the leprosy go away. Immediately, that leprosy was gone. This man's skin was just as fresh as a newborn baby's. That's God's power. Immediately, he was cleansed. You know, when God saves a sinner, he moves with that same power. And he makes that dead sinner immediately alive. Immediately to have eternal life. They're immediately, completely, wholly, and utterly redeemed from all of their sin. They're immediately made righteous and holy. 
They're immediately, immediately accepted in the beloved. No trial period, no probationary period, immediately accepted. This old leper, I could say what the songwriter said. I'm sure he, the songwriter was thinking about this, this very story. He wrote this, this song. That leper could say, I don't know what happened. I don't know how he did it. But something happened. <laughs> and now I know he touched me. He made me whole. That's this power. The one who has the power to save is also willing to save. I will. I will. Be thou clean. I'll say it one more time. If that don't make you want to come to Christ begging for mercy, I don't know what will. Now here's the last thing, and this is something we, we shouldn't skip over by any means. When God saves a sinner, the law is going to agree with it. Verse 43. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away, and saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony to them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Now the Lord sends this leper to the high priest. The law must be fulfilled. If you want to read about this afternoon, Leviticus chapter 14 gives us the law of the leper. And that leper had to go to the high priest, and the high priest would examine him. I mean, every inch of him. He was examining him closely. And the high priest would say whether he's clean or unclean. The high priest, who hated Jesus of Nazareth probably as much as anyone or anything on this earth, was going to have to be the one to say, this man's clean. This man is whole. Now the picture here is God's salvation satisfies his law. The law is going to announce that everyone, to everyone, this leper's been cleansed. And that same law is going to announce to all of God's creation that everyone for whom Christ died is not guilty. They're righteous and spotless. I've examined them with a bright light every inch of them. Body and soul, there's no sin in them. They're not guilty. When Christ shed his blood to justify sinners, Almighty God said they're justified. And the law agrees. The law says they're justified. The law says they're righteous, they're blameless, they're spotless because of the blood of Christ. But now why did the Savior tell this leopard, don't say anything to anybody? I don't know. I don't know. I've looked and looked and looked at it. I don't think anybody else knows either. It could mean the Lord meant don't you don't talk to him, don't stop talking to anybody until you go to the high priest, and the high priest announces that you're clean so that they can't say somebody else made you clean, that something else happened. You're going to do this in such a way, the Lord says, I get all the glory, all the credit for doing it. It could mean he's telling this man, tell the story, but you tell it right. You tell it so that Christ gets all the glory. Don't you be telling people that you were healed because you came and begged right. 
Don't be you. Don't you be telling people. Yeah, now you know. I I came to Christ. That's why I was healed. You didn't, and so that's why you're not. Don't you be taking any credit for any of this. God healed you for this simple reason. He delights to show mercy. That, that that's the whole story. And I ask you, how could he not tell? You reckon this leper, I don't know how long he lived after that, but however long he lived, do you reckon the rest of his days, do you reckon he ever got tired of telling the story of how Christ made him whole? I bet he started that story, his grandchildren. Here he goes again. Here he goes again. Well, maybe the grandchildren got tired of hearing that story. You know who didn't? Other lepers. You know they love to hear that story. They enjoy hearing that story the same way believers do today. Enjoy hearing over and over and over again the story of salvation by God's grace in Christ Jesus. Now I've read some folks that are kind of hard on, on this leper for, for blazing abroad, you know, what, what the Lord done to him after the Lord told him not to do it. And they said, well, the, the Lord couldn't go back into that city he couldn't openly enter in that city anymore because everybody's just just flocking him you know and, and he couldn't go into the city anymore well you know what the lord has to stay out there in those desert places he couldn't go openly in the city anymore but you notice that didn't stop sick folks from coming to him <laughs> did it they came to him from every quarter from every walk of life every generation every every age Every gender, every every race, from every quarter. But if they needed Christ, that desert place didn't stop them from going to Him, did they? And I just, you know, Scripture doesn't say what happened here. That, that they went out to this desert place, they came to Him from every quarter. But I do know what happened. When they came to Him from every quarter, begging for mercy... They received mercy just like this poor leper did. I told you that was the last time I'll say it one more time. If that don't draw you to come to Christ begging for mercy, I don't know what will. All right, Lord bless you.